0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Today is exciting. This is about pelvic pain, and not just pelvic pain, but let's look at, at other things that are more important. Um, there's pain societies, and I'm talking around the world, that are looking at pelvic and pudendal nerve, <clears throat> So we're going to go over the causes, uh, this completely overlook causes and solutions. But this is kind of like every um, health talk to, that we give. What we do is we come up with a problem that people are suffering from uh, or they're, they're scared of or they might get, uh, what, how that problem is defined, what approaches are, what the really is going on in the body, and what the real solution is. And now, we're coming up to a time where I mean, whoever wins the election, we are noticing a huge amount of censorship coming on. And Facebook said, uh, and, and it's interesting. I've got an ad here, and this was published uh, Tuesday, uh, October thirty-first. Um, let me see. Yeah, and and the tough part is when you're looking at this article. It talks about how vaccines, anyone that says anything against vaccines um, are, uh, will be banned. Now, we have been censored. We have been shadow banned. We have um, uh, multiple videos have been removed, and we're doing everything we can to find a platform where we can still continue to give uh, alternative information. I want to say alternative, but it's not really. This is how the body is actually working. But since the powers that be, the Ministry of Truth, which is funded by the pharmaceutical industry, if you say anything against their industry, uh, you are branded an extremist or a danger. And in fact, that's what the World Health Organization says. So there's a really cool um, message from Robert Kennedy about censorship. And this isn't just censorship on topics that you want to hear or don't want to hear. This is literally control of the information coming towards you. And it's called Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Message of Freedom and Hope. I totally want you to listen to that one. We started a new channel. new channel is at library.com, L-B-R-Y.com. Now we're transferring a bunch of the YouTube videos over there because YouTube has, even though we have over 700,000 subscribers, um, they have been shadow banning like crazy. And we are also going to be starting a new site, and this is going to be coming up soon. It's called Dr. BVIP. It's not up yet, okay, but it will be. And so this is, um, and that site, it will be uncensorable. I mean, they'll be able to arrest me for content, but it is uncensorable so let's get into this pudendal nerve thing because when you look at this there it's you could look at it under rare diseases national institute of health although it is not um, rare it's diagnostics is rare i mean people have these symptoms um and is, look at this look look at the symptoms burning pain tingling numbness in the buttocks, gen- buttocks genitals um, your painful sex, uh, frequent urination, urgency, pelvic floor spasms. I mean, there are so many symptoms in the pelvis area um, that it's hugely important. Now, when you look at the causes of it, people will say surgical procedures, childbirth, um, tumors, but the frustrating thing when you look at the studies, quote, there are no imaging studies that diagnose pudendal nerve neuralgia. However, the MRI and CT may be helpful to exclude other causes of the pain. Physical therapy is the first line of treatment. Now, the, end of quote, that is why we're doing this talk, because the physical therapist, they're the front line of treatment, except they're, doing, they're not working in the right area. Um, you can look at some of the other. There's a really good article at Very Well Health, and this is a chronic pelvic pain caused by pudendal nerve neuralgia. That's the title of the article. And they're saying causes could be from trauma trauma from the buttocks, like bike riding, excessive sitting, thickening the ligaments, bony formations, pushing against the pudendal nerve. Uh, i got to tell you, even though that is what the article is saying, that is not what's actually happening. And, of course, you know, how the therapies for it First, it's physical therapy, which is going to be stretching or, or muscle stimming. Electric stimming is what, one of the things the physical therapists are going to use. They can use botulism toxin to inject the muscles. Uh, medications like gabapentin, pregambalin, um, cyclobentin, azeprene, antidepressants, tricyclic antidepressants. I mean, they use a huge amount of drugs. So you're talking um, muscle relaxant pain relievers and antidepressants. They can even do nerve block, electric stimulation. I mean, this is a horrible mutilation of a human being without addressing the cause. But, you know, they're not looking at it. So this is how you assess pudendal nerve issues or pelvic pain. And it this is the only way to find out the problem. you got to look at the whole body. If you think the pelvis is isolated and just floating around in the air, Um, you are going to miss the problem. So full spine x-rays, and I mean looking at the entire thing. Then you've got to take bending films of the low back, stress films of the neck, um, heart rate variability to measure autonomic function, because these people have been hurting for years. Uh, Full body thermography would be ideal. But the solution has to be to address the physical, chemical, and emotional stressors. So you're not just going to fix a patient. I mean, when when you see a patient, and this is hugely common, uh, with pink skin, and this will be actually around their ankles or feet, and if you touch their skin and it turns white, that indicates that there's an excessive histamine response or tissue damage. Like I just had a young 23-year-old kid a couple of days ago that had this pink skin, and she really didn't want to um, think that she had anything wrong with her, but you know when you see i mean pink skin that's that's histamines being released, so that's a problem. Um, she didn't get the big picture at the time, but when we did the x-rays, we found a reverse curve in the neck, multiple rotational malpositions, a leaky gut, I mean all of these stressors that are gone unnoticed. so when will they present? don't know twenty three maybe it's what, when she's thirty three or forty three who knows? But these symptoms will present, and that's, that's a travesty. So I'm going to present a, a couple of cases. And one of them, this gal, her name's Madonna. Not really, but I asked her what I should call her. <laughs> She's cool. And, and it's bending films, the low back. But I'm going to show what the pelvis looks like because it's not just a bending film. You're looking at how the discs move. And, and this is vitally important. <clears throat> On a pelvic x-ray, you can actually see a whitening of the joint, which indicates inflammation. But what most people miss is the structure, the lumbar structure, how it bends. Because when you bend off to the side, you should be able to see a uh, the disc's motion, should be open. And I'm going to also show the side view of the lumbar with this patient. And she had two reverse discs in the low back, two of them, and that's that's horrific because the reverse discs actually put pressure on the nerve, so that is something that had to be addressed, and discs, and this is, again, a thing that most medical doctors and most people in the medical system will not understand, discs regenerate. discs are made of ligamentous tissue. They get their nutrients through movement. So if you can induce movement, you induce um, nutrients to that disc, and then the disc regenerates if you can change the force loading on it. So it seems like too simple of a process, but you have living material in there. Why do medical doctors not realize that it's living material or not tell you that your disc can regenerate? Because they just don't know they figure the first line of defense, first thing that they're going to do is give you a nonsteroidal anti-inflammatory. If they give that drug to you, that destroys the building block of cartilage, so you're never going to see it. So you have got to get full-body stress x-rays of everything. And looking at f- from the nose to the toes, when you look at the structure of the pelvis, The way that you tell a male versus female pelvis, we call it Martinian and and margarita glass, and that's where the pubis bone is, and that's the bone right in the front. Now, the back half of this pelvis has no muscle that crosses the posterior aspect or back half of the joint. There's a piriformis that crosses the front portion of it. So it's it's this fantastic structure made mainly of ligaments, which are strong and flexible. But that also means that those ligaments, if they're under an abnormal force loading, like let's say you have a disc injury in the low back. Let's say you have <clears throat> um, some type of bunion formation or altered mechanics of the feet or or a knee issue or your, your rib cage was damaged and your pelvis is shoved off to the side putting in greater force loading on one hip over the other hip. All of these things, that's why you got to look at the whole body, because if you're just focusing in and thinking that the pelvis is the pelvis problem, uh, you are totally missing the big picture. Now, so problems with the pelvis. I mean, of course, sciatic nerve, pain when you're sitting, but we're looking at bowel and bladder control, sexual dysfunction, pain walking, foot pain, knee pain, um, pregnancy issues. Uh, medication issues because there's gonna be, it's gonna throw you into the fight or flight movement. So there is a tremendous amount of problems associated with, with that, that area. Looking also at how the body is responding. Now you've got, you've got a, a three muscles on the glutes, okay, or the butt area. Gluteus medius is the main hip stabilizer for the opposite side. That means that when you stand up, like if you were able to stand up and lift a leg, um, the, the leg that's on the ground that's supporting the weight of the body, that gluteus medius will increase in tone to stabilize the opposite side. So if you have a twisted ankle, a hurt foot, something along those lines, and that thing is not corrected for weeks or months, that's going to create an imbalance in that pelvis, So a lot of people will treat pelvic pain by treating just the muscles instead of why the muscles are firing. So when you're looking at a pelvis issue, you have to address the muscles, you have to address the nerves, you have to address the the disc injuries in the low back, the thoracic, the forward head carriage, everything. And one of the biggest things that, that I encourage all the doctors out there to look at is bunion formation the toe should actually go straight. And if you start to see the big toe leaning towards the other toes, that means that you've had long-term compromised nerve supply to the foot. And that's a bummer, because that means that the foot, that coiled spring, every time you take a step, it's not working correctly. So how do you correct the bunion, which gives you a more normal gait? You've gotta start walking barefoot, but you have to correct the disc injury in the low back. So this is a compromised nerve supply to the foot. So you gotta correct. And when you see our knee and foot health video, we talk about rehabbing the knees, restoring the intrinsic nerve supply to the foot, working the intrinsic muscles of the foot to eliminate the bunions. But all of this is vital because this is how you walk on on our earth. The biggest problem with the autonomic nervous system uh, dysfunction or the pelvis is the autonomic nervous system action. Because if you have damage to the pelvis, and the pelvis houses the rest, digest, and repair, you're going to have a problem with rest, digest, and repair. So think of this, slow gastric motility. That's like one poop a day if you're lucky. Fatigue, sleep, um, let's say you've got skin issues, acne, uh, that's low stomach acid. Let's say you got brain fog, okay, that's, or anxiety. You can't stand or sit for extended periods. Sexual dysfunction, um, bowel and bladder problems. I mean, I mean, horrible. Um, why? Well, let's look at the brain. Okay, when you look at the brain, um, all the synapses of your body, um, and when I'm talking movement, go to the cerebellum. The cerebellum, which is the small brain in the back, goes to the frontal lobe. And that's anxiety, stress, and depression. So when you look at this, anything that stimulates that cerebellum correctly can alter the frontal lobe. And this is anxiety, stress, depression, brain fog, everything. So now, wait a second. I thought we were talking about pelvic dysfunction. We are. And this is difficult menstrual cycles. This is sexual dysfunction. This is also endometriosis, this is fertility issues, but it's also anxiety, stress, and depression. Why, because we know that the cerebellar stimulation influences the function of the frontal cortex. So we're looking at, if you have altered mechanics, this can be function, creativity, attention, planning, emotional regulation, Tourette's syndrome, schizophrenia. I mean, all of these symptoms are coming from that. And I'm, I'm gonna show this this um, one uh, sweet little 23-year-old kid. A lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, but we're also talking reverse curve. Now she doesn't have pelvic symptoms yet, okay? But she is taking medications that can lead to them. It's, it's just, don't wait for symptoms. Uh, if you start to noticing bunion formation, if you start to notice a pinkening of the skin, if you're getting um, one bowel movement a day and you're not getting two to three, if your sleep patterns are interrupted, okay, look for, um, just get your body checked, please, for goodness sake. Um, then let's look at the other symptoms. Incontinence, hugely important. And there's only like four different causes. One, uh, hypersensitivity. And this is if you're if you're urinating and your flow is six to eight seconds, um, uh, that means that you're, and think of this, 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004, 1,005, 1,006, 1,007, 1,008. That is a normal urine flow. However, if you're urinating less than that, okay, that means that there is gonna be some kind of a problem. Why? Because your bladder doesn't have pain sensors on it. It does have pressure sensors. And if there's a miscommunication between that bladder and the brain, it's going to hurt. And it's kind of like waiting um, too long. Like teachers, truckers, kids, what that can do, that can stretch those pressure sensors and, and it can actually change the flow of urine because you're holding on to it too long. And for males, holding on to the urine is not good for prostate issues. Now, bl- normal bladder patterns. Uh, the average adult um, should urinate about at every three hours in the ballpark. Um, one time a night, I, I really, if, if you can limit your fluid intake about two hours before bed, then you're gonna be able to sleep through the night things that will change the bladder, bladder patterns are coffee, alcohol, soda, medications for sure. You should have a couple of cups of, of urine, you know, at least one to two cups. Uh, and remember, that bladder has stretch receptors in it. And if these stretch receptors can't communicate to that brain effectively, then we have incontinence and lack of control. Now, the pelvic and the the nerves in the pelvis, and this is S2, S3, S4. S stands for sacrum. <clears throat> These, the, so the spine innervates the pelvic floor and the bladder area. And there's even the urogenital diaphragm, which derives its nerve supply from the L2 nerve. So the whole springboard on the felt floor of the pelvis is supplied by the second lumbar nerve. And, and so if you think of this, the second lumbar nerve is way up high um, at the junction of the ribcage and low back. So if you have a problem with that urinal genital diaphragm, which derives its nerve supply from L2, you can have a lumbar issue creating a pelvic issue. I mean, hugely important. And we know that our culture now is, is sitting a lot and they always say sitting is the new smoking. Well, why? Because you're sitting on the butt bone. That's called the ischial tube. And this can strain the pelvic floor. And the pelvic floor is amazing. It has like a springboard of all of these muscles crisscrossing. You know, you've got the anus there. You've got um, the opening for the vagina area or the penis area. It's all in that one pelvic floor. And if you compromise the nerve supply or don't get a lot of movement to that, that pelvic floor can get weak. And again, this pelvic floor helps stabilize the entire pelvic structure. And drugs that are prescribed for pelvic pain kill the sex drive, and they actually perpetuate the problem. I mean, you figure contraceptives. These are synthetic estrogens that decrease testosterone and put the body in a stress state. Antihistamines can cross the blood-brain barrier, affects the libido and sex drive. Nonsteroidal anti-inflammatories, those destroy joint cartilage. Antidepressants, half the p- women on antidepressants experience a lowered libido. Even panic and anxiety drugs like Xanax and Valium are notorious for creating decreasing female libido. Blood pressure drugs, of course, your decrease in blood supply cholesterol, antacids, all of these drugs, they're dangerous for you. So how do we correct the problem? Well, number one, you've got to restore the nerve supply, and that's hugely important. Uh, What does that mean? That means you've got to get a thorough and complete assessment of the problem. Then we've got to fix the problem. Now, there's a couple of ways to do it. One is a chiropractic care, and this is how to correct a disc injury, and you'll see it um, on YouTube. Uh, It's also on Library now, too. How to correct a disc, I think it's on Library. Uh, How to correct a disc injury in three days. And I describe how we're doing the movement because you need a patient that you can isolate the lumbar and you passively will move the lumbar in order to identify problem actually is because it's not where the symptoms are. There's other traction devices that that you can use that most of them don't address the lateral component, so that's huge. You can do a home traction device that will help. And you'll see one of the exercises that we do, we'll use a round foam piece about four inches in diameter. And when you're sitting up straight, if you bend your arm to 90 degrees, the bottom of the elbow is the bottom of the roll. So the center of the roll is placed right at that L1, L2, of course, we're placing it there because this is also the junction of the rib cage and low back. And L2 literally supplies that urogenital diaphragm. Um, now, once you're getting the, the low back work done, that means you've identified the disc injuries in either the neck, mid-back, low back, whatever. Those disc injuries were identified and they're being corrected <clears throat> Stabilizing the pelvis is hugely important. Hugely important, and what what's that? That means that you need to get a trochanter support, and a trochanter support is um, just a wide belt, about three and a half inches wide, that goes one inch below the top of the pelvis. So this means that it's not on the legs, it's not in the low back. It's right at the top of what you would call your hip bone or pelvis bone. But when you walk, it's not going to interfere. You can also learn how to sit backwards in a chair, kind of like a cowgirl you know, or a cowboy. You know how they used to turn the chairs back around and sit on them? That would be ideal because what that does, that moves the legs out sideways, that approximates the pelvis and takes the stress off of that that sacrum area. Okay, once you get that, then you can do the kegels. And the kegels are phenomenally important, but they do not work. You cannot do a kegel exercise if you've got compromised blood supply and nerve supply. So if you're getting the standard physical therapy where they're decreasing the symptoms by relaxing the muscles, injecting the muscles, or or God knows what, stretching the muscles, okay, this isn't going to restore the nerve supply to the pelvic floor. So the Kegel exercises might not work. I mean, it's cruel too. I mean, imagine if you had a tourniquet on your arm and then were told to go out and work out with the weights. It wouldn't work that way. So I wouldn't do the Kegel exercises until you get a few adjustments and you start to get some sensitization down there. And what you're going to do is the muscles that you would use to stop urine flow. Uh, so imagine if you're writing your name in the snow, or you know, you just have to interrupt the flow. That, those muscles that you interrupt the flow are a kegel muscle. Or that's the kegel exercise. So you hold it for about a count of five to ten, and then relax. So let's do it together. Ready? On three. One, two, three. Hold it, one, two, three, four, five, then relax. Ah. So you're going to do that
1: <clears throat>
0: three to five sets of those throughout the day. And what that'll do, that's going to start to strengthen the tone. Now, this is hugely important because this is going to increase urine control, um, premature ejaculation, increase sensitization, um, stimulate blood flow, uh, make multiple orgasms possible. I mean, it's fantastic for, for, for healthy function, but it also strengthens that pelvic floor, and it's going to give you more control um, over bladder leakage and bowel leakage. Now, no, if you have a prostate issue, we recommend moist heat in this area between the anus and the testicles. And that's right where the prostate is. Big caveat, though, and this is hugely important. If you're going to put moist heat on that area, make sure you check the hot pack on your arm before you put it in that area. Because if you have compromised nerve supply, that area could get burned if the hot pack's too hot. Also, Prostate massage, if you're a male, absolutely vital. Uh, prostate is on the front portion of the rectum, and there are prostate massagers that you can get, and I totally recommend it. Uh, it's not the most comfortable thing in the world, but to keep a male healthy in this culture, in, a, in the environment where we have a huge amount of chemicals that negatively affect our prostate, uh, this, is, this is when you've got to pay attention to that and um, get it to work correctly. Now, when we look at uh, exercises throughout the day, that foam piece, the water bottle, things to never, ever, ever do, and that's like three evers, is laying your back with your legs bent. <clears throat> and this is a common, common thing that um, physical therapists or doctors will tell you to do. Why? Because it feels good. When you lift your legs, you flatten out the curve in the back you open up the holes where the nerves come out, so it feels really good. The problem is you're reversing all the discs, so it's actually making the problem worse. Make sure that you change your gait, and this is, again, vital. you got to correct the disc injuries above the low back. you got to correct the thoracic area, correct the cervic- cervical area, stabilize the pelvis, get the knees working correctly, and get your foot working correctly. You've got to get the calf working. And again, this is hugely important because if your gait is off, you're going to destabilize the pelvis. One of the exercises we do is a block of wood. It's a four-by-four. Four. Put your heel on the ground, the ball of your foot on the, band, and then on the block, and then you bend your knee. And you hold it for about one minute twice a day. Also, if you have leg swelling, Get the calf working correctly. Pump that leg. Do one foot up, one foot down. Like We call it gas pedaling. And then moving the, the pelvis. Hugely important. If you have pelvic instability, do all the exercises with that trochanter support on or the pelvic stability belt. And the, the rebounder is one of the best things you can do. Uh, that moves limbs, stimulates bone growth, charges up the brain. Because remember, when you got altered movement, you're talking altered stimulation of the brain. Other vital exercises, working on the the exercise ball, fantastic to help with the abs and the movement. But again, none of these exercises work if you have a disc injury or some other problem in the body. That's why you cannot exercise your way out of this. <clears throat> for For comfort, Look at natural anti-inflammatories. Inflammation is a healing process. Things that you take in your body can make that healing process of inflammation work correctly. And this is going to be green veggie juice, turmeric, blueberries, sweet potatoes, broccoli. I mean, there's so many things out there that have antioxidants that are powerful anti-inflammatories. <clears throat> so what's the solution to pelvic and pudendal nerve problems? You've got to look at the whole body. Full spine x-rays with lateral lumbar flexion, cervical extension and flexion. Heart rate variability. You've got to measure autonomic function. Full body thermography to check for um, areas of lymph dysfunction and toxicity. That's how you assess it. How do you correct it? You've got to get to a corrective chiropractor that's skilled in repositioning the discs. You've got to reset the circadian rhythms or the sleep patterns. You've got to get the person on a plant-based organic diet, correct nutrient deficiencies, and that means give supplements when needed. And then you have to reprogram the emotional component. And you could do neurolinguistic programming, emotional freedom technique, whatever you want. But just do something. Know that your brain, you can reprogram it. So it's hugely important. I mean today um, we've got uh, it's voting day, and the country can take a radical turn. I totally want you to go out and vote, vote who you think is best for this country and um, who your heart tells you to vote for. I know for one thing, one of the guys is going to win, and uh, we have a very exciting few years coming ahead. There's going to be some food shortages and some challenges. Just get out there, take charge of yourself, take charge of your life. This is Dr. John Bergman. God bless you. I love you. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.